God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for our sermon is Jesus' short sermon uh, that he preached in Galilee from our gospel reading. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. We're going to consider the immediate context of Jesus preaching that sermon, and it's somewhat foolish, seemingly foolishness. We also keep in mind what St. Paul says also in 1 Corinthians. St. Paul, knowing the kingdom of God endures forever, he, he contrasts that with the earthly, our earthly kingdoms. St. Paul says the present form of this world is passing away. Also take note of Jonah's short sermon (laughs) when he was sent to Nineveh. All we have here is yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. We see that the kingdom of God doesn't, doesn't always work how we expect it to. The kingdom of God, though, does work. The kingdom of God is the one kingdom that will never go away. And so we must find ourselves in the kingdom of God. One of the things I remember most about visiting Disney World and all the various kingdoms in that world is that the designers and architects, how they laid out each different kingdom, did a really great job. They really had their minds set with these kingdoms on the wow factor. When you're walking through the the pathway on your way to the animal kingdom, you're walking down a concrete path that meanders through a forest of some sort, I guess you could call it. There are trees on each side. You don't have a big sky. But as you're passing along this way, still trying to think if you're going to afford this trip or not, still lamenting how much it costs to walk down that path, You soon forget all your worries as you're in the happiest place on earth and you see this giant tree designed and built by engineers. The sky opens up and the wow factor hits you. This is a magic kingdom, you think. You then walk to the magic kingdom and you see the giant castle reaching up into the sky A kingdom should have a wow factor, a statement that you're you're under the authority of a great king, a powerful ruler, a victorious king. It's been noted by many Bible scholars as we hear from Mark chapter 1 today that Mark isn't really worried about the wow factor. In fact, Mark is teaching us that the coming of Jesus' kingdom, it comes in rather unimpressive ways. That Mark says the wow factor of Jesus' kingdom is only seen by faith. Matthew begins his gospel with a miracle of a virgin birth. Wow, what, what an amazing thing. Luke, when he begins his gospel, he, in a sense, says, Matthew, you didn't begin with the first miracle. There's also the promise of John the Baptist. Luke begins with the miracle, the wow factor of John the Baptist. And then the gospel, according to St. John, begins with the wow factor that in Jesus Christ, 
the eternal God of all times, becomes flesh. How does Mark begin his gospel? It seems that Mark is on a mission to say that Jesus' reign, the kingdom of God, is not about flashy miracles. It's not about earth-wide movements, a a political movement. Look how Mark begins the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark teaches us to see the coming of Jesus' kingdom among us as a miracle that we only behold by faith. And so then we should regard all the earthly kingdoms around us as meh. It's kind of petty. Mark teaches us today in our reading that repentance and the forgiveness of sins is the greatest miracle of all. The greatest kingdom and this is worthy of the greatest wow factor in our lives. It's not really how one might think of starting their kingdom and and public life. Mark begins our text today with this really, I really haven't found this instruction in any manual on how to make friends and influence people. He starts off when John had been arrested. The wow factor is certainly part of the mission and work of Jesus. The book of Mark, miracles are very important. However, we also need to recognize and see that Jesus' kingdom is is not about making everything right, right now. But that Mark wants us to see when Jesus comes in his glory on the last day, that that is when things will be made right. That when there will be no need for miracles, when Jesus returns in his glory to show not only us his kingdom that we've beheld by faith, but he shows all people his kingdom and its glory. But for right now, Mark says, not all things are made right to our eyes. Because he says, John is arrested. Not every problem is solved in the here and now. Not every sadness is turned into happiness and joy. Not every pain is healed in this life. We see with the arrest, imprisonment, and eventual decapitation of John the Baptist. The kingdom of Jesus right now is a kingdom that we look forward to. A kingdom that we see that not everything goes our way. But we do know that in the kingdom of Jesus, all these things are used for our good. To strengthen our faith so that when he does return, we do see that he was faithful to us. We will see that through our suffering and our difficult times, Jesus was with us every step of the way. But imagine John the Baptist, the one wholly dedicated to the message and mission of Jesus. John the baptizer who saw the Holy Spirit descend as a dove, the one who was the public face of Jesus' message, he's in chains, he's arrested, he's rendered useless. This is not how one should epiphany themselves in the public eye, or so we think. You don't start a political journey 
by pointing out the fact that your main supporter has been arrested. But what a perfect setup, we might think. What a perfect setup to show Jesus' power and strength. Break John out of prison, Jesus. Let's see it. But to make that move would mean that we have to see John's arrest as a loss, as a defeat, as a pushing back of the kingdom of God. But what if John's arrest is not a loss? What if John's arrest is not the setback that we might think it is? Because Jesus comes out and he says, the timing is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's almost as if Jesus is completely unaware of what's happening, but Jesus waited for John to be arrested, for him to publicly come out and say, now the time is right. The kingdom of God is at hand. What kind of wow factor is that? Because remember, what had John been arrested for? What had he been arrested for? He, he was arrested and eventually beheaded because he was preaching the truth. That is the victory, my friends. And that is the wow factor we need to behold and we need to see in our lives that the preaching and the proclamation of God's word is the victory. That John was kept faithful even against the most dire circumstances. John believed. That's the victory. That's the advancing of God's kingdom. The proclamation of his word against those who would rather live in the lie. And consider this. John, John didn't ask for the kingdom of God to come. No one, by their prayers, makes the kingdom of God come. Consider Jonah being sent to Nineveh. The Ninevites, they didn't ask for the kingdom of God to come to them. Even without their prayer, just as you and I are brought into God's kingdom, even without our prayer. For most of us baptized as children... Well, as most kids are, during the baptismal service, we're brought into the kingdom of God kicking and screaming. God's kingdom certainly comes even without our prayer. John didn't ask to be the forerunner. John didn't ask to be a preacher of righteousness, but God's kingdom still came, and thanks be to God. In our Old Testament lesson, or I'm sorry, in an Old Testament lesson from 2 Samuel, God's kingdom came to David even when David didn't ask about it. God told David through the prophet that he would establish his son and his kingdom would be forever. David didn't ask for that. And yet here today, Jesus, the son of David, is advancing the kingdom of God. And now Jesus is asking everyone, including us, to hear John's preaching, to hear Jesus' sermon as, as short and as effective as it is, repent and believe the gospel. Wow. This is the wow factor of Jesus' kingdom. 
And it's, it's not just a one-time thing. The kingdom of God is a dynamic hearing of the word and the Holy Spirit continually leading us to repent, to produce fruits of repentance, to change and amend our lives. The kingdom of God comes. Jesus, even the grammar says this. When Jesus says repent and believe, the grammar says be repenting, be believing. It is an ongoing action. The kingdom of God not only came without without anyone asking, but it comes in ways that perplex the world. This world that works with the tools of power and death to advance worldly kingdoms. These worldly kingdoms, their wow factors are, how did did our our highest prophets in the kingdom of, of man say, what's the wow factor? Shock and awe. The kingdoms of this world are advanced by war and killing of our fellow brothers and sisters. Jesus' kingdom first today is being advanced through the birth of Jesus and now in the season of Epiphany, it's revealed to us how this kingdom makes war. What is the wow factor of the kingdom of God? What is the shock and awe? Because while King Herod thinks that by power he is imprisoning John. The truth is that by trying to silence John, Herod is imprisoning himself. Herod is declaring war on his own soul. Herod is losing the kingdom that cannot, can never fall by jailing John the Baptist because Herod is cutting off himself from the preaching of God. Herod doesn't heed the calling of God's kingdom. Herod preferred the adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. And we can turn from God's kingdom too if we're not careful. We can imprison ourselves if we prefer to live in sin. If we hold on to grudges if we cut God's word out of our lives, if we try to arrest and imprison the word of God by neglecting it, relegating it to a dusty corner. I mean, Herod, we're told Herod was intrigued by John's preaching for a while. He liked it. He wanted to protect John. But rather than repent, Herod wanted to keep his own kingdom. Herod was caught in his sins and he'd rather, he'd rather silence John. But the truth was proclaimed. God was fighting for Herod, but Herod didn't want to welcome the kingdom of God. The warning for us is what Jesus warned the Pharisees in the gospel according to St. Luke. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, when does the kingdom of God come? Jesus answered, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. Behold, I tell you, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is is where he is. And consider where Jesus was when he is bringing his kingdom in. Consider as Jesus was dying on the cross What wow factor was was there that day? 
walking along the path of the life of Christ and seeing the miracles he did, things kind of in that path on the way to the the animal kingdom, things don't always look so clear, but when Jesus is crucified on the cross, the clouds are, are parted, the world opens up and we see the love of God. But what did the people around him think? They thought he was a failure. But in reality, here was the only free man in the history of the world. John was arrested. Same thing. People had their doubts. What a failure. He is bringing in the kingdom of the Messiah. So too, it's no surprise as Jesus at his death, they say, what a failure. Yet this is Jesus's victory. He, can, he, the one free from sin, he took your sins upon himself. He takes your guilt. He suffered for all the times you have preferred the wow factors of the kingdom of this world. All the times you've wavered. All the times that you've doubted. All the times that you thought you were a king or a queen on your throne and you thought you would do what you want. The time you gave up hope. The time you saw the sin, you knew you shouldn't do it, and you jumped, you embraced it. Really, you were on your way to imprisoning yourself when you thought you were free. Perhaps you sinned in a time of weakness. Jesus gives up his, the most strong place, the most sheltered place of his place with the Father and the Holy Spirit and his Father's kingdom And he comes down to forgive you. He walks that path and he climbs up onto that tree. Because he would seek you to be in his kingdom. He is a kind king. That when you do face heavy temptation, when the world seems heavy, when death seems all around you, he is gentle with us. He loves you because his kingdom is ruled by forgiveness. That's his shock and awe. That's his wow factor. And so what does Jesus then say for you and me about his kingdom? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So dear friends, seek this merciful and kind king. John could proclaim the kingdom of God because he'd been strengthened by the Holy Spirit. John could stand faithful even while being jailed unjustly because John sought Jesus. So while the world seeks kingdoms of power, kingdoms of popularity, kingdoms of big numbers in in churches and, and all the flashy things, Remember the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Because as we pray in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come. We remember what Paul writes in Romans 14. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 12, the kingdom of God is advanced in this way. The power and the kingdom of our God has conquered the devil by the word of the testimony of God's saints. So even though John was arrested, he was the only one who was free. 
John could suffer with a clear conscience. He was ready to face death, which was more freeing than Herod, who was really imprisoned in his sin because he didn't want to flee. So too for us, your suffering, how you should judge success in this life and in this world. God's kingdom isn't isn't about a $35 cheeseburger happy meal at the most wonderful, happiest place in the world. God isn't looking to squeeze every last penny of you, but to make you rich in his mercy. Success in the kingdom of God is repenting and believing. And the wow factor? The wow factor is what sins that you can forgive that others have committed against you. Hearing the word of God, believing that for the sake of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, that you have eternal life, no one can take that from you. You are in the kingdom of God. And yes, we must change the way we view success. We must view it in the kingdom of God according to Christ's words. And as he called those disciples, what did they do? They sacrificed everything. They left their successful fishing businesses. They left the position of being heir apparent in these business kingdom. They left the comfort of the so-called victories of this life when they said yes to Jesus. They lived a life of righteousness and joy of the Holy Spirit. Even though every last one of them, except for John, was martyred, they are truly free. Because kingdoms will rise and fall. As St. Paul writes, the present form of this world is passing away, but we remember the word of the Lord endures forever. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.